Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Yes, and the mics are yes, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the live dark forest in San Francisco, California. I know it's a it's a brand new town, a brand new town. I tell you, uh, for doing a live dork forest. Allow me to reach uh, inconspicuously for the Zoom while I tell you that Mike Rickberg just sang that song. Right, he sang that song. Uh, he composed that song, and him and Sarah sang it. And at the end, of course, there's the Mexican hat dance. Uh, and then Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. First time ever, I believe we've successfully gotten room tone. Uh, we had a moment of silence for Patrick Brady. It was very exciting. And uh, Vilmos, of course, fixes the website. Now, uh, yeah, and in other news, um, there's probably credits. I'll probably put them at the end because let's just start it. Let's just get into it. Uh, local dork luminary, Woo! Kelly Anakin. Yes. Am I Anakin. pronouncing that? You're pronouncing it correctly. That is exciting, much like the Star Wars character, much, Anakin. Much like that, although spelled a bit differently. Two N's, an E, a K, a bunch of other E's, mm-hmm. and it's, another N. It's right? Dutch, but all dark side. No, you do it. Yeah. You do it. Those prequels. That was a great bit, Pat Oswald. Good work. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, those are, it's brutal. So, uh, what I said, we met at the Lucille Ball Comedy Festival. We in, did. In Jamestown, uh, New York. A town that looked like Lucille Ball wanted to get out of almost immediately. Yes. Pretty sure that's what happened and uh, never returned, I don't think. Did she? Uh, I don't think she returned to live, but her estate definitely bequeathed a lot of money to them to have that uh, museum oh. and festival. And- All right. All right. So she, she, there was some active... I don't hate this town as much yeah, as I had, think. I don't know. She had some uh, affection for it, apparently. Oh, good. A little nostalgia. Good for and her. And so did Desi. Like, they both made provisions in their wills for it, so... Okay. All right. Jamestown, New York, folks. Uh, essentially, there was this, uh, like a hundred women in pairs, mm-hmm. each of one, one of each pair wearing a shirt that said, I am Lucy and I am Ethel. Yeah. I don't recommend. I don't recommend. I, who's Ethel? Who the fuck is like, I'm, I'm Ethel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would never wear this. No, but no, actually I met two young girls and one was like, I heard Ethel. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm just too self-centered, but I'm like, right? me, 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 yeah. me. And then me, <laughs> I know it's weird. It's cause Lucy had that thing in her, in her contract that Ethel had to be uh 20 pounds heavier yeah, or something. Yeah, she did. That was a thing in her contract. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make this more me and you talking. Hi. So talk amongst yourselves. So I'm going uh, uh, to try to help. No, no, don't worry about it. So Kelly, uh, yes, you're a dork. Uh, that about, I am. Yes. You, you're a dork of many colors. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got, uh, wow. Uh, you've got uh, many things to talk about. When I said, what do you want to talk about? You were like, I like reading biographies about women, powerful women. Yes. So you, I don't mind that. I don't, I don't read any biographies. So let's, let's, uh, teach Jackie Cation about, uh, what's going down. Uh, sure. I mean, I don't know. I started when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I actually, I tried to find, like, what the books were, but when I was in grade school, Catholic grade school, there were these, like, there were these biographies that were in a series, and we had all of them in our library. I think they were like the Manifest Destiny collection or something. Oh, I will be finding that. Uh, <laughs> it in the notes. 
Uh, no, but because the, they were children's books. They were children's books. And they were like the story of Helen Keller or whatever. Yes. And the two that I remember most vividly, there was one about Juliet Gordon Lowe, who was the founder of the Girl Scouts oh, and the right. Girl Guides. And if you're British, right. I don't judge. Um, <laughs> Open-minded of yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we all speak English. <laughs> right. Could have uh, been the French. Yeah. And then there was another one about Queen Liliuokalani, who was the last monarch of Hawaii before That's it was right. officially uh, uh, stolen a, by Dole. Exactly. Yeah, yes. I remember that. Was that was that addressed in the children's uh, book? No. Hence the manifest destiny bent. Oh, uh, excellent! It was all very like benevolent uh, dictatorship Dicta- uh, kind of situation. We're helping. We're helping. Oh yeah, we're totally helping. It's nice. Um, <laughs> But so, you know, there was like a lot of that and a lot of like Lives of the Saints, like, you know, Francis Xavier Cabrini and that whole situation. Oh, interesting. So it was, it wasn't all women. It was, it was. There were men, and I did read the men's biographies. Sure. But you're not a sexist. No. You're willing to get out yeah. there. And how were the great men of the world yeah, uh, but treated I mean, I would, by Manifest Destiny? Exactly. Uh, right. Significantly better than the women. <laughs> Spoiler alert, if you haven't read your history. White guys do really well. White guys coming out on top to this very day. <laughs> to this very day. Yeah, but did you ever read that Kissinger revisionist history? I never went into no. a lot of those things. Oh, was, oh I, man. I have read something. There we go. That sounds and, like uh, a blood boiling good time. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, 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 I don't think I read anything for years afterwards going, well, I can't be furious all the time. Yeah, that makes so sense. So I had to move on. And I read some Lois McMaster Bouchold, which is a nice uh, science fiction lady. Anyway, so, uh, okay, so that was grade school. Yeah, so that was grade school and just kind of continued. You know, I was like obsessed with Laura Ingalls Wilder for a really long time. Right. Uh, You know, I got into college and I was like, you know, I was in my Sylvia Plath face. Like, don't judge me. Like, it happened. (laughs) It was a real thing. (laughs) Um, Carrie Brownstein just talked about how much she liked uh, Sylvia Plath and some other sad sack, uh, Evelyn Waugh. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. Had to be visited. Oh, that's why I haven't read any of those. I bet you they're sad. Oh, they're very sad. Yeah, they're probably very, very sad. They might be sad. They might be tense. Well, but see, the good thing about Sylvia some bad is life choices. Yeah, if you're not super into poetry, it'll just kind of wash over you. Okay, you'll be All like, right. oh, she's like talking about bees. That sounds okay. good. They make honey. You know, I, I that's how I try to sell Lord of the Rings to people. Really? <laughs> like, don't worry about the songs. It'll just wash over you. Don't worry about it. Just keep reading. And uh, that's how they try to get you. It's the potato knish from Welcome Back, Cotter. That's fine. It's all right. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so that was the only one. And then in junior high, did you read anything? Uh, in junior high, yes. That was my babysitter's club phase, which I'm not super proud of. Had to happen, though. I'm it not had to happen super to proud of. the woman that you are today. It did. Look, I could still, like, tell you an almost pitch-perfect physical description of each and every one of those babysitters. <laughs> Claudia Kishi had perfect skin and almond-shaped eyes, despite the fact that she was hiding little fun-sized packs of junk food all over her room that her very strict Japanese parents would not allow her to have. I do not. I want to know her secret. I'm like, were you a witch? Right, right. Like I eat a plate of spaghetti and I look like a pizza. Well, that's. I mean, that's the thing, though. So that was one of the. Ba- How many babysitters are there in the babysitters? Uh, at the time that I stopped reading, I think there were nine. That was your late twenties, early thirties. <laughs> when did you stop reading? Uh, I actually, nine? I didn't stop until uh, eighth grade. Okay. But right. I wasn't allowed to read uh, the ones with boys' names in the titles for much of my youth. 
the, you know what that is? Bad parenting. It was bad parenting. If you, you open the book, people. Uh, oh open, yeah, yeah. Because I bet you there were boys in the ones that didn't have boys' names. Oh, in there them. were. Oh yes. Oh yes. Logan Bruno. Don't even get me started. <laughs> what was it? Was he almond eyed as well? No, he was from Australia. Oh, mm-hmm. did he did he go on walkabout? Was there some talk of walkabout? No, he mostly dated Marianne, who was the most boring one, and yet was my favorite. Which, in light of what we're talking about today, makes no sense whatsoever. Why was she boring? Oh, she just had a really restrictive father. I maybe like now seeing the, the connection. Were super. No, no, no. Don was a hippie from Palo okay. Alto, and uh. yeah. Well, uh, so she, was, she was super crazy because she was from California. Okay. Her, her mom was divorced and very permissive. Oh, and did, did they take place in different cities? No. Well, kind of. <laughs> Wait, the Babysitter's Club. Okay, okay. So the Babysitter's Club was set. I have never read the Babysitter's Club. I have, the I Babysitter's have. Club was set in Stony Brook, Connecticut. Okay. Uh, which was a suburb of Stamford, Connecticut. Okay. Which I think is a real place. Yes, it is. Okay. I don't think I've ever been in Connecticut. Okay. Just read about it in these books. Sure. There's a uh, casino so, that does stand-up so, comedy there. <laughs> of course there is. Go. Cool. They did not go there. No. As they were underage. As they were underage and they were being babysat. Yes. Okay. No, no, they were, they were the babysitters. Oh, the tale was about the babysitters. Yes. So was there a Dennis the Menace kind of situation where there were bad kids? Uh, sometimes. Or did they not care about the children? Oh, they cared very deeply. Were the children addressed in the books? In each oh, yeah, of the books? absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so there were nine babysitters that all lived in... In uh, Stony Brook, Connecticut. One of them was from New York City, so sometimes they would go there. One this of is them, like the American Doll Collection. It very the- much was. <laughs> which I also read exhaustively as a child. Oh, is there American Doll literature in addition to getting oh, an American yes. doll? Every doll has six books that kind of follow Who's along... Right? Who's writing those books? Uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Oh god. Is no, there one lady? No, different people write them. I can't remember the name of the woman who like Sounds invented like the a... American dolls, but it's something weird like Merriman Lynch or something okay. odd. Wow. Yeah. So six books per doll. Six books per doll. And like, have you, check, have you checked them out recently? No, no. Oh. All I know about those is Mattel that- bought them and it went crazy. It went totally it blew, nuts. Wait, like There's, it blew up? Or? Oh, like it blew up. Mattel just started marketing it instead of just sending this catalog four times a year to your house. Right. She remembers. That was the most exciting day of my life. I didn't have cable. <laughs> no. No. I, oh, I didn't get a doll until my 16th birthday. My friends. You got an American Girl doll when you were Because they're like $300 Yeah, my parents right? could never afford it. Right. So, they're made by children who... Should make their own clothing. Presumably. This, right? Cause the, cl- you can buy separate clothes for these things. Oh, you can, oh god. Go, the next time, they have more now. They used to just be in Chicago, but they have one in right. New York. They probably have one in LA now. You would. Go think. to an American Girl place. And, and. I would suggest having a couple a gun of and drinks eat a first. Right in front of them. <laughs> it just sounds like. I know that, the, cause I have friends in Minneapolis who road trip once a year to Chicago to the American Girl doll, cause they have two girls. Yeah. And they're the biggest hippies in the world. I don't understand why. No, 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 see, it's, it's brilliant. And this is why Mattel bought it, because they're based on historical eras. 
people feel justified, even if they're anti-consumerism. <laughs> they, they're like, right. no, but it's history. Right. We're going to buy this Native American doll. Yeah. And then we're going to buy this kilt or whatever. <laughs> this Native fake, Americans did this not fake embroidery oh, yeah, yeah. set. Right. For a doll that can't sew. Right. That's a good investment of they, $25. Oh my God. You know what? We, I want to, can we make our own doll set where there's tiny girl dolls who work in like factories with no fire escapes? <sighs> And then I had a friend who what made was the name of that in the early 1900s. There was the. <laughs> Thank you. Three people. Yes. Triangle shirt Honestly, factory. they don't shy away from the dark material. Oh, that might already exist. Yeah. In the Samantha books, Nellie and her sisters all worked in a factory and their lungs were coated in lint. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's, a, all right. it's pretty harsh. I'm okay with that because nobody's this reading old yeller anymore. We can, we can definitely, we can definitely criticize. You know, the, the dolls themselves. Well, the books are actually pretty good. Okay. All right. Well, I'm like, I'm defending literature for 10 year olds on right. Dork Forest. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, Dork Forest, good where we to development. talk about babysitters <laughs> and then, uh, the American Girl Dolls. Yeah. Talk so, about powerful women. I mean, merchandising alone. M- right. Right. All right. those women are worth more than you and I and everyone in this room put together. It's true. And well, I, the only, the only, um, I read, I read some, some nonfiction in junior high, but it was mostly like I read, uh, I think I was assigned a, a, a biography in eighth grade, and I read the biography of Alan Pinkerton, the founder yeah. of the Pinkerton Agency, and uh, it, it, it mostly on his early life before he created a, a spy network that would look into people's divorces. But uh, it was it was when he saved um, he saved uh, Lincoln's life uh, before he didn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and right <laughs> once, one time he saved it. <laughs> It was a bit of an epic fail in the end, but in the first, initially, initially there was good times. So, okay, so these are your three f- current okay, favorites? So these, are, these are my current favorites. Uh, two of them I've read more recently, one of them I read a while ago. Okay. Uh, What's the one you read a while ago, I wonder? The one that I read a while ago is Furious Improvisation, uh, which has a really long subtitle, which is how the WPA and a cast of thousands made high art out of desperate times. Oh my uh, god, it's the WPA, which was the work thing in the... In the, yeah, the Works Progress Administration. Yes, well, which you you will know more about uh, since uh, you just read that. Yeah. So is Susan Quinn the author, or Susan Quinn is the author? She is the author, and is it about a lady who was in the WPA? It is. Uh, the primary focus of the book is a woman named Hallie Flanagan, okay, who was a widow from Grinnell, Iowa, and uh, she had a husband that she was married to, which is shocking. Right. That's what you should do. Yeah. Usually, people get married to their husbands. Yeah, right. Um, if they're going to have them. So they got married right out of college. And he had tuberculosis, which is weird because he was also a football star, but they didn't know that he had tuberculosis. So I'm like, was it a really shallow field of talent at <laughs> Grinnell College? Like, I don't know what year was this. Uh, this was, uh, I think, like 1911. Okay. So, I mean, you know, they didn't have sophisticated tuberculosis identifying equipment, but I would think that, like, wheezing on the, the field The hacking and the be, wheezing. Yeah. But they were beating the shit out of each other at that time. Yeah, they leather helmets and whatnot. Right, right. But I think Teddy Roosevelt, they were killing people on the field, as opposed to now where they die afterwards. Possibly. But, uh, it's, uh, yeah. But the, the, no, but the, uh, so Hallie was married to a football star. Yeah, and, and it wasn't a super happy marriage, but then he got super sick with TB, and they had two young boys, and then he died. Uh, of TB. Okay. So she went and moved back in with her parents and was like, oh, uh, I have this theater degree. I need to, like, earn a living. Okay. Uh, which is not a sentence anyone ever wants to say out loud. <laughs> 
Do you, by any chance, have a theater degree? I do indeed have a theater degree. <laughs> Which might have drawn you to the story of Halle Berry or whatever the fuck her name is. So after her husband died, she had sex with Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> and won an Oscar. Monsters Inc. Uh, as long as we're riffing. But, uh, so, okay. Yeah, so then, uh, she wound up getting a, uh, a fellowship to go a- abroad and study theater. She fell in love with the Russian theater. Uh, which in the 1920s was maybe not the best idea. Weird. Um, so like right after the czar was killed and yeah, communism right after, was founded. It was, it was, they were flush with communism at the time that she right, went right. there. And, uh, okay. and she was so impressed with Stalin Did she bring her children with her? She did not. Her, her children. She left oh, them in God. the car? Actually, her oldest and favorite son then died. Uh, the very always yeah. dies. Well, <laughs> then her son actually said to her, oh, I should have died instead of that one that you liked. And she said, yeah, uh, you're right, Jimmy. No. Thank God. But like, I think she cried, which is kind of the same thing. <sighs> that is brutal. She, she had, a hard, like she had a hard life. Um, she had a hard life. You know who had a hard life? The younger son. Probably. How'd that guy work out? I don't know. She named him Frederick with a C, so I kind of feel like the deck was stacked against him to begin with. Right. She may not have liked him at all. Yeah. Took one look at him and she's like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but wait, so, so what, so one of the kids died and the other kid uh, stayed with her parents in Iowa. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he wasn't like raised by the Iowan wolves. He had right. like a loving family who presumably sure. thought he was just fine. Right. Presumably. Yeah. Yes. Um, so she went abroad and studied theater and then got. Did she go to Russia? She went to Russia. What's she her went- name again? Hallie Flanagan. Thank you, Flanagan. Okay. So, um, yeah. That's weird. And then, so that was in the, so that's well, in this the is early when, 20s. Like, yeah, something. this is when like Stanislavski was big in Russia. And, you know, they, you know, they were very, uh, filled with nationalism because they kind of had to be on account of communism. Sure. That was the whole point was like, oh, Russia's awesome. And we're awesome. We're going to ignore all these atrocities around us and focus on this theater. Russians are good at that. Yeah. It's one of their go-tos. Uh, so anyway, she came back and got a professorship at Vassar. Okay. And then randomly got married to this guy she didn't really like. Again. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. What did he do? Uh, he was a classics professor at Vassar, and they met because, like, the president of Vassar was like, hey, this guy's bummed because his wife just died in childbirth, and, like, you've had some heartbreak. Why don't you put him in one of your silly little playthings and cheer him up? So she did that, and then he just, like, kept wanting to marry her, and she's like, oh, I already got married to a guy that I didn't really like. I don't really want to do that again. But then they, like, went to Sicily, and they were like, well, let's just get married. Wow. The book is not super clear on the negotiations that led to right. <laughs> that led to her getting to that. married. Like, okay. I don't know. So is that, I mean, where does the WPA come from? Okay, we just got there. Did we get there? We just right got there. Right after she marries the Sicilian? Uh, not yeah. Sicilian. He would have been more interesting had he been a Sicilian. Right. Um, yeah, so she was friends uh, in college with Harry Hopkins, who was the head of the WPA. And they were talking about these different arts programs, and the federal-run program is what, like, the blanket organization was called and they were looking for somebody to head up the theater segment of it and he had known her in college so he's like okay come do uh come to washington head up the federal theater project and you'll have uh you know the ability to freely produce any content that you want it'll be totally uncensored that sounds like communism uh right so then when they started (laughs) doing plays about communism during the Great Depression, that is where a lot of problems started. 
Oh. Uh, yeah. So, like, as soon as they started kind of doing things that had a socialist bent, which a lot of people were socialists. Right. And outright communists at the time. Sure. Because uh, this is before labor unions. This is before Social Security. This is before anybody had any kind of social safety net. Right. So there's a lot of plays that are really uh, anti-government. Right. They're very pro-social services. And uh, understandably, more conservative people were not super happy with the with government. Her good works. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, and it wasn't just her. I mean, it was, you know, it was all over the country. She's overseeing yeah. this. But, I mean, they were just constantly challenging things. Like, there's a play called uh, The Revenge of the Beavers that was a children's play. <laughs> sure. Oh, it, it's, it's a children's a- play. Right, right. And the, wait, the beavers make dams. The beavers do make dams, and they take down, like, this big capitalist beaver. And so that, <laughs> that was held up as an example of their communist propaganda. Uh, some of it was communist propaganda. Sure. Uh, the living newspapers, which I kind of wish we still had today, which were just, cause this is one of the provisions they made, cause they were like, okay, there's all these unemployed actors. The whole point of it was to get actors back to work. Right. Was to just get anybody a job any way that they could. Right. So, uh, the living newspapers were a solution, cause any play, like even a, play with a large cast only has like 30 people. Mm -hmm. So they were like, okay, let's do these living newspapers where we dramatize an issue or the news of the day and we can have a cast of hundreds doing all the, you know, this is before 24-hour news cycles, obviously. Right, right. right. And so they would just bring all these people in to do these. But anytime it commented on foreign policy or uh, American leaders of the day or had kind of a leftist bent, people would get up in arms because... They they felt that they were you know being uh, super biased yeah and not, yeah okay and and not supportive of yeah and in some cases they were yeah but uh, you know in other cases they were just trying to do their art man man all right and, and uh, yeah so she was the head of this she was the head of the theater department essentially she was she, was, she was the head of the theater department of America she that's uh that's because you know the WPA built everything right I mean it they did. built all the all the railroads and the not all of the I mean yeah there were a lot of there were some major railroads. Roads <laughs> built up with slave labor earlier. Yes. But uh, but other than that, there was um, – but they – you know, the, the WPA had – wasn't it Hoover Dam? Am I thinking I think so. correct? Hoover Dam? There we go. And uh, so, like, Yeah, sure. Why not? Sure. Sure. But I mean there was a lot of, you know, a lot of things that were created. Yeah. So, I mean, the issue anytime you have the government funding art, people are like, Why? Oh, right. This isn't needed. This isn't necessary. Right, but they let it go because everyone needed a job, right? Exactly. Okay. And, but I mean, it and only, how long did it last? It only the- lasted for four years. Like any theater program. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, nice. <laughs> oh, I got theater program material. Oh, you got singers? You got all day singers? Long. Theater program? Oh, all day. Excellent. Uh, where did you go to college? Uh, Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. That was the appropriate response. That was our, that was our mascot actually was a derisive laugh. (laughs) In Dayton, Ohio. (laughs) All right. It's, uh, I've never been to Dayton. It sounds like dancing. No, uh, that's a line from Philadelphia story. Anyway, so, um, well, we we did that play when I was in college. Oh, Philadelphia story? Yeah. All right. I found it baffling. Did you? I did. I remember very little about it, except there was a small child who danced a lot, and my very short friend played her. Oh, she did she sing Lydia, oh Lydia, the tattooed lady? Probably. Because it's a, it's a Cary Grant Catherine Hepburn movie. Yeah, it is. With uh, Jimmy Stewart got an Oscar for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. Uh, the movie that I like with Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn, uh, is called Holiday, though. It's oh. the movie they made before that, 19, uh, 36, maybe? And, uh, and it's, uh, it's with, uh, Catherine Hepburn. 
Uh, Catherine Hepburn's, Cary Grant falls in love with Catherine Hepburn's sister. That's probably available upstairs at the Lost Weekend video here in San Francisco. We're in the Cine Cave, by the way, and, uh, this is a great venue. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so, uh, but I am kind of curious how this ends. What is, what is she? Not well. Not well? Hermione dies in the end. Yeah, none of of these stories really end well. I was thinking about them all three together last night. I was like, nobody really got what they wanted in the end, which I guess is to live forever. But now they're in a book. What did they, what did she want? Uh, she wanted to create a national theater that would be funded, you know, in theory, in perpetuity. Right. And, you know, uh, most other developed nations do have a national theater. Okay. Uh, they were in talks to kind of start figuring out how the financing would work with that, you know, and extending this beyond the WPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, right about the time he started those talks, the House Un-American Activities Committee. Oh, early uh, 50s? Yeah. Martin Dyes started that out. No, in 1938, I believe, they oh, passed that. the resolution to allow uh, the committee to form. Okay. And for a long time, people had been sort of saying, oh, this place is like a hotbed for communism. Right. There was a secretary who worked for Hallie Flanagan for a long time uh, named Hazel Huffman. Uh, in the early years of the project, uh, was informing William Randolph Hearst. Some of you have, may have been to his house. Uh, I have been to Which his is house. an amazing house. Right. So Such wait, a bad man. Such a beautiful house. Her name was... Uh, Hazel Huffman, which is like the most 1930s name you can even imagine. It rivaled by Dolores Umbridge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It makes me think, okay. So, wow. So Possibly, actually, they had very similar roles (laughs) in what went down. Like narcolepsy, right? Giant narcs. Okay. Uh, So, So Hazel Huffman had been informing to Hearst's papers on what she deemed to be communist activity. Okay. And, uh... (laughs) Boo! We got a hiss for her. Yeah. Uh, and so then, when the committee formed a few years later, she gets to waltz in and just give like hours and hours of testimony about how everybody were communists. Uh, she was very anti-Semitic. She talked a lot about all of the mixed race activities that were she going on. She sounds like a charmer. Oh, she was. Yeah. Actually, uh, well, if, you guys, if you guys are interested in an even more entertaining version of the story. Go to your local library. Well, you can do that, no. or you could go upstairs and rent the movie Cradle Will Rock. Oh, really? Uh, and Joan Cusack actually plays Hazel Huffman. Uh, and oh, it's wait, phenomenal. Cradle Rock is, is the WPA theater TV, uh, movie with, what's his face? Uh. Yes, he's in there. Is, and, really? Uh, not, not and, that guy. and Mrs. Who's It? And, uh. Is it Tim Robbins? That one guy, yes. Is it Tim Robbins? Well, Tim Robbins directed it. Oh, is he? Damn yeah. So Susan Sarandon, though, is also in it as an Italian art dealer with the worst Italian accent you will ever hear committed to film. What do you and mean? That includes, what do you mean? That includes Roberto Benigni. <laughs> it was with the spaghetti and the, anyway. That's actually almost identical to what she <laughs> Did she do a hand motion? Did she do a thing with the hand? I think she says, oh, what a shame to let the classics sleep away. And you know, Sophia Loren is only about 77 years old. She could have been in And it. at the time, this was 99, you know? She so was she might have been... Yeah. I think she was 77 then. Yeah. She was, well, the idea... She's been 77 I don't know. since The idea is that this particular character was an ex-lover of Mussolini's, so I don't know what... I don't know. Okay. 
Okay. I don't know how important uh, Cradle will rock though. Yeah, you can get more. You, yeah, and there's music and singing and dancing. It's great. Oh, that's neat. Okay. Um, anyway, so so anyway, so Hazel Huffman's informing. There's another woman who says that her uh, black co-actor asked her on a date, and she like reported it to her director, and he was like, "Chill out. Like, why don't you just." Say no. Yeah, just say no. And so she got to go in front of Congress, and so they were all up in arms. Well, because you also have to understand that in context, right as that committee was formed, uh, there was a filibuster against the anti-lynching bill that was in Congress. Oh, I did not uh, know so that. So the filibuster basically ensured that lynching remained okay for everybody. Wow. Uh, at the same time, you're having a lot of strikes all over the nation. And especially, this is 38. Uh, this is 38. Okay. And I mean, and there have been strikes going on for years and years, like leading up to this. Mm-hmm. So it's this political hotbed right now. And the federal theater project is essentially the scapegoat for okay. all of this. Okay. Um, so Hallie Flanagan only got to go in and defend for like a day. Right. And in the course of her testimony, they like accused Christopher Marlowe of being a communist when she tries to quote him. Wow. Yeah. It- Okay. Yeah, and uh drug addict. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, sure. Okay. You know, hung Maybe out with Shakespeare. We hung don't out know. with thieves and stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he could have been Shakespeare. See that episode of the Dork Forest. <laughs> uh so um yeah, so she uh she got fired. She got fired because the the Is that where it ended? Uh pretty much, yeah. Okay, so it just followed her career, mostly. It just followed her career. The WPA part yeah. of her career. Okay. Yeah. So there's no, like, epilogue with she went off and... You know, she went to Vassar. And she raised... <laughs> oh, she went back to Vassar and taught? Yeah. Oh, she didn't join the army and fight the Nazis? No, I don't think so. I don't know Quentin if she did Tarantino anything. would make her join the army. She may have done army. something. <laughs> And fight the Nazis. <laughs> that's a, but no, that, that's awesome. Susan Quinn is the author of that yeah. one. Yeah. That's neat. Okay. Who's, who's the next one? Uh, so we'll just go, the next one back yeah. in time is Madame de Stahl, who's much more fun than Hallie Flanagan. Who's Madame de Stahl? Madame de Stahl was the daughter of the Swedish ambassador. Uh, actually not ambassador. Weird. She was the wife of the Swedish ambassador. She was the daughter of the Swiss finance minister, uh, to Louis the last one. Okay. Louis the 16th. Okay. Uh, what year was this? This was 17, she was born in like 1780 something. Yeah, look in there. I brought the books just in case we needed to right. check on dates. Because, uh, Mistress to an Age by J. Christopher Harold. Spoiler alert, the mistress yeah. is Madame de Stahl. She is the Madame the de Stahl. The age is the French Enlightenment. Okay. So that gives us did, some context. Did she do like, did she do like salons and stuff? She did. Was she a salon lady? She was a salon lady. Smarty pants like, come over. Have and... you ever seen Steel Magnolias? It was pretty I much have. like that. It's exactly like that. It's like, like having a hair salon and then yeah. a bunch of people talk about the issues of the day, which yeah, in and... their case happened to be something else. Yeah. Diabetes. Diabetes. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And child Paula Dean. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, so, um, What's with this lady? Yeah, she was nuts. She was? Yeah, bonkers. Balls to the walls crazy. Uh, she is a really fun biography to read because of how crazy she was. Uh, her mother raised her essentially in seclusion from anyone her own age, but let her come to her salons, which boasted the likes of, like, Voltaire. So she learned at the age of, like, four how to engage in really high-level 
uh, sophisticated Discourse. philosophical debates, but she had no idea how to interact with other people. Oh my god, that sounds which like an didn't accident. backfire at all. At all. Uh, did she marry someone she didn't like? She did. I am. <laughs> Where is your husband? There he is. <laughs> Hi, Tom. He's and great. I like him. Great. Fine. That's why this is what you've done. You're like you're reading about what other bad life. This is the re- reading these biographies is like watching reality television. Oh, it is. It's like well, honestly, I do think Madame de Stal in particular, if TV had existed, her life would have been much better. Oh, really? Well, because her whole life existed to kind of reach these insane, manic, emotional highs. And I think if she'd had TV to kind of like project onto, she would not have needed to do that. What, what do you mean? Like, she, like she would, she would have salons and people would talk about smart stuff. Yeah, but they were also having like all these crazy affairs, like her best friend. I think died a virgin, but was married to this guy who never like pressed his, you know, husbandly advantage on her. But like she flirted with everybody and would like people would just like fall desperately in love with her. And then she would be like, oh, yeah, but we're like never having sex. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What a dick. Yeah, she was. Yeah, that's like, a jackass she's, move. She okay, was right? worse than Madame de Stahl in a way. Because okay. Because at least Madame de Stahl put out? Yeah. Oh, oh very yeah. much so. Very much so. <laughs> she yeah. was available. Oh, she <laughs> possibly the most available. <laughs> yeah. From so, what age? Oh, uh, oh gosh. Not till after she was married. Oh, really? Well, she also was kind of in love with her dad for about 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> I love that that was almost entirely women. Yeah. He was like, ah. Oh. And the guy's well, just very silent. But I mean, the thing is, it wasn't until literally her wedding day that she found out what sex was. Right. So she like found that out and she's like, oh. She's like, dad, I'm so still, weird. I still think you're like the perfect man. But and like, and I guess she probably read Latin. Uh, I don't Greek think and so. Oh, Greek? so she wasn't cl- classically trained? Greek? <sighs> Latin? You know, I don't know. You don't know. Because there's a lot of uh, instructional manuals in, in, uh, in old timey la- languages. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you read about Pliny the Elder, but that dude was, he was yeah. constantly doing it. No, I mean, uh, the French were more to the DIY, I think. They're like, oh, the language of love, how hard could it be? The language of love, which talks around love. Yeah. And they act. Yeah, and they, uh, they were weird, everybody. So, so, her, so her husband was the Swedish ambassador. She married him essentially for some, island that france wanted from sweden that later turned out to be kind of a waste of a marriage oh that ain't right because like they got it and they were like oh can we give it back and the swedes were like no no Um, now you have to build roads we're leaving okay uh that's hilarious (laughs) so she married this guy and made his life miserable until he died (laughs) um wow she was hard on people she was extremely hard on people uh her her longest relationship was with a guy named benjamin constant also kind of an on-the-nose enlightenment name constant uh he was not in fact very constant okay uh he was, was he a little little vague he was really weird also i just feel like i'm gonna describe all these people as weird because they were just strange right he was raised by a single father and by raised by a single father i mean packed off to these tutors that would like take him and let prostitutes take care of him for a while oh uh so he was like really well versed in sex right the dean. Uh, he knew what he was doing yeah deflowered right. at a very young age can't think why because uh, <laughs> there was opportunity and yeah. motive so and then okay 
<laughs> and then so his tutors, you know, some of his tutors like taught him things. He was very intellectual. Right. But he was also kind of sallow and, and fidgety and weird and nobody really liked him except for Madame de Stahl. Okay. They started this like passionate affair. And then she was like just obsessed with keeping him around. They they weren't sleeping together anymore after a certain point. But anytime he would try to leave, she would like pitch these huge scenes. She would like go wherever he was hiding out. She went to his sister's house one time and like ripped open her dress and like pulled all of her hair down and was like on a staircase like wailing for him to come downstairs. And is this in France in the sev- late 1700s? Yeah, in early 1800s. Early 1800s. Yeah. This is why they needed TV. This is this is now we're getting back around to the question that you asked me. Okay. I think if she'd had like, you know, HBO or a reality television. Yeah, or a reality television, like Bad Girls Club, something like that. Okay. You know, and then she's like, oh, these people are doing these behaviors. I can see the consequences without actually having to partake in the activity. That is the nicest thing you could say about something like Bad Girls Club. <laughs> that people are learning about consequences. All I see, the only consequences I see are people saying, oh, I get a TV show if I act like a maroon. <laughs> That's what I see. That's interesting. I, I really do think that TV uh, helps humanity sublimate some of our more destructive urges. All right. People, are you, you, you are the people safe space, sorting safe people space. that don't own TVs? No, they might own TVs, but uh, I have a TV. We never turn it on, but I like mm, it. Yeah. And uh, But I can't watch I can't watch reality television. It, uh, I already know people. Yeah, that's fair. And they're terrible, terrible people. Yeah, but I mean... My point is that her histrionics provided the idle rich with something to do. Right, right. Was she an idle rich? She was, and yet she had this really uh, profound political influence. Uh, I generally kind of try to c- compare her. This is the reality TV coming. She's right. Like, she's like Kim Kardashian if Robert Kardashian hadn't died and kind of oh, uh, had been a positive influence. Okay. Yeah, I mean, granted... Madame de Stahl's mother, uh, Madame Necker, was insane. Okay. Uh, and had her body preserved in alcohol upon dying. Like, that's the kind of crazy she was. Um, Good alcohol? Uh, rubbing alcohol? I think, like, rubbing alcohol. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what just they had back then. Wait, what did they? Was it port? <laughs> <laughs> was it a nice Madeira or however you pronounce that? I got nothing. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's weird. But basically, so she was kind of like the Kim Kardashian of the day. Cause what she did was Robert known- Kardashian do for a living? He was a lawyer. Was he... OJ's lawyer? He was. And how did he die? Uh, did OJ esophageal cancer. Okay. Did, did OJ give him esophageal cancer? <laughs> did they make out and OJ uh, then there killed were, him? There were carcinogens in the glove. There were, <laughs> and, uh, okay, so yeah, I don't know. And yeah. this was, this was Madame de Stahl. I mean, just everybody knew who she was. She did have a salon. She wasn't even French. But she... Was she Swiss? Or she was Swiss. Okay. The family, technically, their estate was in a town called Coppet, which was just out of Geneva okay. in Switzerland. Okay. And she spent most of her life just antagonizing Napoleon. <laughs> she, really? She was Napoleon's persistent, like, YouTube troll. <laughs> Napoleon couldn't do anything without Madame de Stahl being like the fly in his ointment. Uh, what did he say? I'm probably How did par- that work out for her? Uh, actually, surprisingly well. That's she is credited by J. Christopher Harrell, who's the author of this biography. Right. A lot of her biographers aren't particularly sympathetic to her because she was very sexually profligate. 
and was kind right. of she was very frivolous she was kind of a bitch right but she was um, super smart and interesting she was super smart she was unfocused um she okay. wrote a couple of novels that don't really hold up to the test of time because they okay. were so like written in the moment but i mean this is like you know the, like the French- 50 shades of gray novels yes or- actually yeah. i mean they I would not be surprised they wouldn't be allowed to be that explicit but it right. was that kind of it, it right, was just right. inane right and people just wanted to read something inane right um been there (laughs) so uh american girl books hello uh actually no babysitter's club or more a name right um yeah so she would write all of these long political treatises and get them published okay and she she was basically sort of like the last really like french enlightenment person as things veered into romanticism Okay. And yet she kind of helped introduce romanticism to France without ever changing her own opinion, uh, which is fascinating. She would just like extol the virtues of whatever sort of uh, philosophy she was espousing. Right. Just like through her own filter. She'd be like, like, oh, personality driven rather than. Yeah, she'd be like, oh, the French, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the German romanticism is great because of all the ways that it exemplifies all of the points of French enlightenment. Even if it wasn't entirely true. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's an. It was campaign. kind of like the Huffington Post. <laughs> um, anyway, so so Napoleon hated her, and she right. was always bugging Napoleon because after her father died, she's like, "Hey, my dad gave the French government two million francs. Right. I want it back." And Napoleon was like, I hate you. You're not allowed to live in Paris anymore. And so she would like go like just far enough outside of Paris and then be like, I'm going to go back to Paris. I'm going to go back to Paris. Yeah. Like now I'm going to go back to Paris. And like, you know, then the gendarmes would show up and be like, you are not going back to Paris right now. Oh my God. And she'd be like, come on guys. Seriously. I love Paris. Can't I just be in Paris? I just want a croissant. I just want one. Yeah. One croissant. And, and so, but she had this whole entourage that she just carted around with her everywhere. And, Wow, I just, I wish there was uh, a chart. I enjoy a chart, uh, when there's some sort of a, like a, like a, like a, a date chart of her, um, of her life. Oh, hang on, there is one. There is one? There yeah. should be one. Um, anyway, so, uh, Napoleon oh, has been quoted as saying that they say <laughs> Madame de Stahl never speaks ill of me, and yet anyone who's spent an hour or two more with her, uh, has nothing good to say about me. Again, that's a paraphrase, but I mean, right, right. she she hated him, and she was one of the few people that stood up to him against his censorship. Right. Um, she wrote a book called On Germany, and Germany was an enemy of the French at the time. Right. I know there's a timeline in here. I just can't find it for you. Okay, that's fine. Um, uh, anyway, so Germany was an enemy of France because France had basically invaded and, and kind of was taking over Germany at the time. So yeah. she, yeah, she went and visited in Germany and nobody liked her in Germany. Uh, they thought she was ugly. They thought she was fat. They, they thought that she. Did they think she was ugly and fat? They did think she was ugly and fat. Specifically, the Germans were like, oh, this woman again <laughs> with her fat ugliness. They did. They, the Germans are not, they're not always politic. And they're not. But I mean, well, but they, they appreciated her because she also hated Napoleon. They were really, <laughs> they were running out of non-German people to talk about how much they hated Napoleon with. <laughs> you know, I used to hang out with this woman who had a car with, who would drive me to open mic. <laughs> it's a lot like that. Yeah. Actually, it's exactly like that. <laughs> they were like, eh, the enemy of my enemy. It'll yeah. be fine. So. Uh, so she went to Germany and imported their romanticism back to France, along with this guy named Schlegel, who is famous for other reasons. Uh, he Why did, do I know that name? He he did a uh, German translation of Shakespeare. Do you know oh. about Schlegel? Right? Everybody's heard of it. Nobody knows what he did. 
Right. I will, I will put a link to his Wikipedia page <laughs> and we will know that it is accurate. Uh, one thing that he did was tutor Madame de Stahl's children who were named, uh, oh, she had uh, children. Augustus after her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, Augustine was the girl and then, uh, Gustavus or something. Like she really had George Foreman disease and couldn't, <laughs> couldn't come up with a new name for her kids. Uh, so this guy, wow. she basically was stringing him along as if she was interested in him sexually. Right. Just to get Schleidel. attitude to her kids. Oh. Okay. Uh, terrible mother, by the way. Really bad mom. I know that that is a shock after everything else that I've said. Her self-absorption makes me think she would have been such a great mother. I know. Uh, uh, what, how has it manifested, her bad motherhood? Uh, well, uh, did she say, you're my favorite and I wish you, your brother would have She did died? not say that. Good for her. She just mostly ignored them. Uh, okay. The the oh, paternity the paternity of her younger two children was very much in question. Uh But that was of the time, wasn't it? It was of the time. Cuz the first the first child had to be the heir and then the other yes. two it could be Dutch. Well, the first child definitely belonged to that guy. To that guy. Uh, <laughs> uh Mr. Destall. Right, Mr. Destall. Nobody really wrote a book about him. Right. Uh Yeah, he died. She was very mean to him his entire life and then when he died, she like made this big scene. About how poorly she treated him. Oh, and she was like, remorse? Buyer's yeah, remorse? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Barrier's remorse. Barrier's remorse. Yeah. Excellent. Widow's remorse. I don't know what you call that. Right. Um, yeah, but she never got married again. Okay. Which Hallie Flanagan did. Right. Uh, Benjamin Constant was constantly trying to get her to marry him. And then constantly trying to leave when she wouldn't. Yeah. He, she was constantly not letting him go. Exactly. Well, okay. he also, he, she had loaned him enormous sums of money. Okay. Uh, throughout their relationship. So like whenever she Did wanted to ever get that back? No, but that's that was, not alone. That was her bargaining chip actually. Okay. Anytime he was like, I want to leave and go marry this other lady, he did eventually do this. She's like, okay, you owe me 90,000 francs. Okay. So pay up you before know, you brokey. And yeah. he never could. Right. So he was he like, well, I guess money. I'll just chill out. Yeah. He later rose to prominence in politics uh, under Napoleon. Yeah. So wait, so how did she die? Oh, of old age. Really? Mm-hmm. When Napoleon was in power? Uh, ye- no, a or, little bit afterward. After. Yeah, oh, During the yes. revolution? No, because Napoleon died, and she did all this political machinations before that to, like, try and get him out of power. And then when he was out of power, people wanted to bring the monarchy back, and she didn't like that either. Right. So then she tried to get Napoleon reinstalled. So that's like... Eight- so wait, so 1811, he goes to Elba, mm-hmm. right? And then 1814, he escapes from Elba. Uh, God knows how. It was he Dana Nyad or whatever, whatever her name was. And uh, I don't know if he sw- he was on an island. <laughs> Diana? 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 I'm over here not knowing shit. <laughs> It'll be fine. You know what I meant. We all know what I meant. All right. So, uh, but he didn't, I don't, I never understood how he got off. I mean, he obviously got off, uh, by use of sneakery. Yeah, bribery. Like, yeah. Um, right, right. There was somebody with a boat that took him off the island. And then, so he died in like 1816 or something? I think so. Hang okay. on, I'm going to look at my human encyclopedia who happens to be in the audience. Yeah, right. he was exiled. Oh, did he live well into his in, into the twenties or thirties of eighteen hundreds? On Saint Helena, and on Saint Helena, some people believe the British poisoned him just to end it. Just they were like, yeah. "Let's end this madness." Because they hated him. Well, yeah, everyone hated Napoleon. Well, he, yeah, well, except for Napoleon, he right. liked himself just fine. He was the Hitler of his age. He was right, and then uh, we got Hitler, and now we can have Hitler jokes. Yeah. Instead of Napoleon jokes. Comics in the 50s, oh, the what 1850s a, what a time. was huge. What a time. It must have been awesome. 
uh, anyway, so, anyway, yeah. so, so, that's, so yeah. that's what happened to her. That's pretty much what happened to her. She died, uh, opium addled old lady. She had, actually, oh wait, she did get married a second time in her very old age to a guy named Raka who also had tuberculosis. Weird. Yeah. Powerful Maybe ladies. That that love, uh, love TB. A yeah, if you got guy. tuberculosis, just look for a powerful lady. All right, what about Cleo? Oh man, Cleopatra. That book. This book there is... There has to be a million books about Cleopatra. This one claims to be authoritative. <laughs> Insofar as that is even possible. Honestly, it's called a biography, but I feel that any biography of Cleopatra should be labeled speculative fiction. This won the Pulitzer Prize. It won the Pulitzer Prize. Wow. And it almost feels like, I don't know, it almost feels like anyone could read it, though. Because it's, does it feel fictional? It feel, oh yeah, it's or very, is it written in story, kind of? Yeah, it's written in story. It's very, it's got a good drive. Uh, it, the battle scenes are great. There's a lot of tension. There's <laughs> some like Romans. 300. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is like 300, but with more lady parts. More lady, lady bits. <laughs> she was, she was a, she was a rock star, right? She really was. Uh, I had no idea the extent of it. One important thing to note, which I didn't know until I read this book, she did not die from an asp bite. Oh, that, that is, that is the hearsay. That's a myth. Okay. I thought it was real all these years. And do the, and, and Cleopatra, a life by Stacey Schiff, winner of the Pulitzer Prize, uh, she knows how she died? How did she die? The, again, again, old age. Uh, Opium, they think that a, a person brought in a basket of figs that were poisoned. To this day, nobody knows for sure. Another Indiana Jones. But she was, murder. she was holed up in. <laughs> It's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. Yeah, keep her crystal skull. Let's <laughs> let's find Cleopatra's asp. Yeah. Oh, I bet you it's don't tell don't Spielberg will make that movie. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so anyway. there's more Star Wars movies coming though. He might be dead before uh oh. he finds about my podcast. He might. Okay. Uh. Oh wait. You know what? Uh Kelly Anakin, uh we never did really introduce Oh yeah. Here we are in minute forty. We oh, just met. Minute, uh we just met in uh in Jamestown, New York, and uh and but Kelly Anakin is the comedy curator for Pandora Radio. Are you familiar with Pandora? Oh, hey, yeah. that's very exciting. <laughs> Pandora, we've all been there. I, uh, I am constantly being driven mad by the Funkadelic station that continues to put disco on. Ah, uh, even you gotta use I, your thumbs down. I gotta use my thumbs down. Write, right, write a letter, write to our customer service department. <laughs> what is that, what is that email address? Uh, they don't have one, they have a portal. Oh, they have a portal? Yeah, just okay. go, go to, go to Pandora. Yeah, go to help on Pandora.com at the bottom of your screen. Oh, there you go. They Fair answer enough. every email. Oh, do they? Yeah, they do. All right, and there's just nine of you, right? Aren't there like like a half a dozen of you just toiling away in a in a in Oakland? No, the, uh, we have almost I think 700 people on site now. Well, well, well. Yeah. Look at you. You're like the WPA of Oakland. <laughs> you got that's awesome. In some ways, yeah, it's a great job. And now, wait, yeah. So you're the comedy curator, and the comedy thing is relatively new. Is that true? Yeah, comedy's only been around for like two and a half years. So uh, tell your friends, please. Tell your friends. Feel free to make a comedy. What does it mean? I know. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, it's it's the same as the music. So who's your favorite comedian? Jackie Cation, of course. Oddly enough. So you go to Pandora.com, right you type in Jackie Cation, it's going to give you Jackie's material, right. as well as material from other comedians who are similar to Jackie Cation. So all ladies, Lisa Lampanelli well, will come up. 
a it single... It is all ladies. I'm working on that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm working on more equitable gender yeah. representation. But. Well, it's hard because it's like, I mean, they're just like, oh, okay, so this is a high treble voice. Let's see what we can get other high treble voices. Yeah, there's that. It's an algorithm, right? Yeah, there's an algorithm and then our listeners kind of thumb up and thumb down. And I think there's a lot of people who only want to hear guys. So I think that helps or doesn't help. I don't it's know. the way of the world, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Just, if you like Jackie Cation, just type in Jackie Cation. Just thumb up I had, a, I had a woman last night in Walnut Creek. I did a sports bar in Walnut Creek, because it's 1997. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, it was, I drove to it, and, uh, and it felt very, it was a beautiful crowd, and it's a beautiful space. Greg Azdorian, uh, uh, is the curator of that, of that space, and, um, it's pool hall, and uh, and there was a dude, and uh, there was plenty of dudes, and it was it was all right. There was a guy who showed up at that gig in sweatpants. By the way, he just came out to the bar in sweatpants. Oh, was like was he performing? No, that sounds great. No, it's it. You know what? I don't care that he wasn't performing. Don't go out in sweatpants. The grocery store. That's the last time of the day when you can go out and gro- yeah. You're going out to a bar where people are gonna be. Wear a belt. <laughs> Grammy what, what if he really? wore a belt over his sweatpants? Would that be better or worse? Nah, that's gotta be worse. <laughs> Unless they're the fanciest belt, like this is suspenders, a nice little bow tie on top sure. of his wife beater. Exactly. I'm just getting this whole ensemble. I'm gonna paper the- doll of this guy. <laughs> sounds amazing. Oh, uh, the next episode, uh, that to air is a sticker episode. It's, uh, <gasps> Fielding Edlow is a sticker dork. Mm. And, uh, and she, uh, loves to make a diorama of stickers. Uh, it's her favorite thing. She's like, you know, people will put like a, like a, like a cupcake on a on an envelope and I'm like yeah that's fine but I could make a bakery <laughs> out of stickers because you can go to Sticker Planet and I was like what's Sticker Planet and she was like what do you mean what Sticker Planet it's a it's a store that just sells stickers that sounds actually like a great time uh, it's an amazing time she says that she has spent a hundred dollars in one time is it in LA it is in Los Angeles in the Grove hmm. which she mocked and then went anyway <laughs> And so whatever, but uh yeah. So okay, um right, Cleopatra. Yes, please. Sorry, I waited off. No, it's okay. We're probably running short on time, so we all know. Crap, if you know about Cleopatra. Well, we've heard of her. Yeah, we've all heard of Cleopatra. So what she's mainly known for is that she banged both Julius Caesar and Mark Antony. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she loved an Italian. She loved two Italians. (laughs) At least, and you know what they call that? What? That's amore. I laughed against my will. <laughs> I didn't want to. I have that effect on people. <laughs> as did Cleopatra. Oh, really? Uh, she was a very astute stateswoman. Sure. <laughs> like everybody's like, oh, great, she's talking about the boring crap now. No, no, do uh, it, do it. She, uh, she killed most of her family uh, to maintain the throne in Egypt. Oh, okay. Uh, they had for a long time, much like in Game of Thrones, with uh, the Targaryen family, uh, married brother to sister, to keep it. Oh, right, right. all in the bloodline. Right. And, uh. You know what happens when you do that with horses? You get nervous horses. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, okay. Uh, they perhaps were not nervous enough, the Ptolemies. <laughs> they, they were not Egyptian. Did you guys know that Cleopatra was not actually Egyptian? I no. learned so much from this book. What, what is she? What she, she, uh, was Greek. Weird. Her family was Greek. Uh, they used to muck around with Alexander the Great back when he was being so-so. And, uh. He was great. <laughs> Uh, that guy was it uh, anyway it was like yeah. aristotle socrates socrates it was like that okay so go Plut- ahead. plato 
Plato, Pluto, Goofy, uh, everybody was yeah, there. Yeah, Donald Duck. It was nice. Sacred to the Egyptians, Donald Duck. Sacred. <laughs> so did she make, didn't she make herself an empress or a, or a, a, a god? Yeah, well, e- Egyptian monarchs were always born gods. Okay. Uh, she was unique though because a lot of the Ptolemies, uh, would only stick to the Greek gods. Whereas she kind of fully embraced the Egyptian traditions. Okay. Uh, she identified herself very closely with Isis, who is sort of like the mother god, uh, exemplified in the Judeo-Christian, or I guess just the Christian, uh, mythology as the Virgin Mary. Uh, but you know, life giver, that kind of right. thing. So there she was a would- cartoon when I was a child. <laughs> Isis? About Isis. Was? There was really? an Isis cartoon. It was back in the 70s. Was it like ongoing? Was it, it was- like the, the wacky adventures of Isis? Kind of. She in was upper, upper lower Egypt. Egypt. She was like, she was, it was like a Wonder Woman like character, Isis. Yeah, was. I mean, that actually is really Makes sense. what Isis was. Okay. Yeah. And also what Cleopatra was. So she was married to her like 10 year old brother, uh, when she assumed the throne. Her father died. Uh, she had to marry her brother. Okay. And, uh, had to get it done. Things, uh, things kind of went south, as they will when you have to marry your much younger sibling. <laughs> uh, so they had a lot of problems. She wound up going into exile. And then, uh, oh. fortunately for her, the Roman Civil War between Julius Caesar and Pompey started. Okay. Uh, Pompey fled a battle. What year are we Caesar. talking about? Oh, this is about 48 BC. Okay. Okay. I think. All right. Good. I, know, I had a high school history teacher who told me that dates weren't important, and I have carried that forward. <laughs> you my you decided life. on that. You're like, yeah, I did. Ask me when I got married. I don't know. Uh, sometime in the last couple of years. Yeah, right? at some point I got well, married. Nice. All right. Like, what am I, a judge? <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it com? Uh, it is kellyannikin.com. There we go. I'll link it. And are you on the Twitter? Oh, I'm super on the Twitter. On Kel- at Kellyannikin? Uh, I'm actually at the fatling. Okay. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, my friend and I were talking once about how it's hard to be a little chubby and attractive at the same time. And I said, what if I just started calling you the fatling? Like, that's adorable. Right. And she was like, no, I hate you. Right. And, and I was like, said, what if I call myself the fatling? You know, well, now I call her your, uh, her fatness. Like, like right. her majesty. I, that's what I call her now. And I get to be the fatling. So. We have a really, sounds like a really good relationship. We have a very healthy relationship. <laughs> Two friends. How long have you been friends, you and your friend? Uh, we've been friends, I think, bad with dates again. Uh, right, since the Laura, uh, Wilder? Like seven, seven years? No, no, no. I met uh, her actually after college. Okay. Uh-huh. We both made the same bad decision and got theater degrees, so we bonded Excellent. over that immediately. Immediately. Yeah, All she right. got a graduate degree in theater though, so I win. You do win. Yeah. Because of student loans. Oh yeah. Uh huh. So, uh, and, and I just wanted to make sure we get the website and the Twitter and everything out. So, uh, yeah, so Cleopatra. Yeah, so she's she, in exile. She's the in Roman exile. Roman thingy bob happens. Yeah. Civil war is going on. Pompey. Sure. Flees to Rome, okay. uh, gets beheaded by her brother's troops, and so he flees to Rome. And I'm her sorry, he fled. He fled. He fled. He yeah. fled. Right. He fled. He fled. <laughs> He, he, he flent somewhere. Right, he went uh, on vacation yes. to, uh, whatever. <laughs> so he goes to Alexandria. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, which was the seat of the Egyptian Empire. Such oh. as it was. It was kind of in ruins at the time. It was not a very good empire anymore. Oh, really? They okay. really lost their touch. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so he gets there thinking he's going to be welcomed by his sort of allies. But the problem with like a client king is that sometimes they want to kill you okay. and they don't really have a good reason not to, especially because Egypt, despite not having a huge empire, was the richest nation in the world at the time. Okay. Uh, Cleopatra actually 22nd on the list of most wealthy people of all time. People magazine? Forbes? Hmm? What was that? Uh, I think just Wikipedia. Wikipedia? And what, where, what was the source of their wealth? Uh, the source of their wealth is that they just had piles and piles of treasure lying around. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> they just had it. it. You know what? Their, their currency, uh, the unit of measurement was called the talent. Which I like that's, a lot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. As someone with pretensions to talent. Sure. I'm like, no, no, pay me as many talents as you think I have, please. Right, right. Uh, four. Anyway. Um, yeah, so he went there, got his head chopped off. Okay. By Cleopatra's by brother, husband, husband guy. Yeah. Uh, he was thinking this was a good idea, cause he's like, oh, everyone in Rome wants to kill me, but it turned out people in Egypt also wanted to kill him. Right. Uh, so they killed him, Cleopatra, very craftily, cause she had no recourse. Alexandria hated her at the time. Oh, Nobody the really time. liked her, yeah. The town had turned on her. They, they did not like her, so she put herself in, uh, essentially a leather sack, and had someone carry her to Caesar, cause Caesar followed Pompey, only to find out that this idiot child had him murdered. Right. Uh, so Caesar pretended to be mad. Right. Because... As an excuse. Exactly. To be mad. Okay. Uh, so Cleopatra shows up in this leather sack and is like, hey, what's up, Julius Caesar? My name is Cleopatra. I hate my brother. You hate my brother. What if we had sex? Right. <laughs> And then we'll lead a bunch of people to kill my brother? Yeah. And that's okay. pretty much what they did. Uh, it's not totally clear exactly when they started having sex, but they definitely were doing it. Right. If they're, if she's like you, she was like, I don't know, a couple of years. Yeah, ago. she's like, whatever. You know, whatever. She's I like, listen, I got a kingdom to run. <laughs> I, mean, I can't be keeping track of when our anniversary is Caesar. <laughs> gotta invent mascara. I'm very busy. So, <laughs> did, um, did she invent mascara? She didn't. That's actually just a reference to a Daria episode. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so she was with Caesar for a long time, and he actually just kind of hung out in Egypt far longer than was necessary. Well, that'll happen if you're getting some. Well, that, well, and they, they did finally win the war. And then they went on this weird, long barge cruise down the Nile, and so right. she was just kind of like tossing coins to people, not talents. Okay. That was too much for like a normal person to have. Or just like coppers or something. Yeah, or like, like piddling peasant money. Right, right. Uh, I think a talent would have been heavy enough to knock somebody out, too, if he threw it. I don't, okay. this is just in my mind it's okay, like it's like what bars it is of, of like platinum i don't know what right, it actually right. looked like sure um so he then went back to rome and then a couple months later she goes to rome uh because she had his baby oh did she oh she very much probably did <laughs> this is the thing you can't talk about cleopatra in certain terms you're like right Right, nobody because has. Even this book is called Cleopatra: A Life, but it's mostly like, here's what Caesar and Mark Antony and That's Octavian were up to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's just you know the history was written by Rome. Okay, you know, right. and beyond that, history you know is written by men. And what what was the so she might have had Caesar's baby, and yeah. what was that baby's name? Caesarian. <laughs> Seriously. Look, it was really important for so long to name your baby after the person you wanted people to think knocked you up. In the middle of seriously, I realized that it wasn't Caesarian. <laughs> no. It's uh, Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I was, uh, but I went medical. You're I, not, you're not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm trying to keep up. That's okay, okay, I didn't read the book. It's That's very fine. nice. So she, so she had a little There's, Caesar boy baby. Yeah, little Caesar boy baby, which none okay. of his wives had been able to. Uh, provide him. That's one reason that the paternity is disputed because uh, Caesar. He would have kept him. Well, no. People no? always thought Caesar was uh, impotent or not. Imp- yeah, infertile. Infertile. Is okay. that, what do you call it, guys? What do you call it when you can't? Barren. Sterile. Okay, I like barren. <laughs> Caesar. Caesar was barren and talentless. Uh, Caesar was talentless. Rome did not have a lot of money, so it was very strategically wise for him to be hooked up with Cleopatra. Oh, right, because she had nothing but money. Oh, yeah. And he had nothing but armies. Yeah. So and that very is a questionable, questionable sperm. Right, um, right. But, uh, okay, so then what happened? So she goes to Rome, and Caesar installed her in his villa in the same city where his wife lived. And Romans were very weird because they would have affairs, but, like, you kind of weren't supposed to, but you also kind of were. Right. Like, you weren't allowed to show affection for your spouse. Okay. Uh, like, Mark Antony was once reprimanded for publicly nuzzling his wife. Which might be appropriate depending on what, like, was this, like, heavy nuzzling? Was this... How big a PDA was going Yeah, down, exactly. Right? I get it. I get it. Um, Weird. Yeah, but the Romans also, like, Rome was a very dirty city. Like, it was basically li- living in a chamber pot, like, made of clay and smelled of urine all the right. time. Okay. Uh, they didn't hold with, with decorating anything or wearing finery. Uh, Caesar actually implemented all of these, like, uh, very harsh measures to keep people from, like... Uh, eating good foods, which Cicero, which is where we get a lot of information at the time, he was a really great orator and he was mm-hmm. a senator. Uh, he loved to eat weird, like, delicacies, like ostrich and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, Caesar was like, no, we're all eating gruel. Like, to save money, we are all eating gruel all the time. Wow. All right. Uh, He's my dad. <laughs> He's like, we're going to set it at 65. You're going to wear a sweater. That's what's going to happen. I mean, he was the father of Rome in many ways, of the right, Roman right. Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh and, uh, so anyway, so Cleopatra goes there. She's trying to like, she's trying to, you know, kind of jockey her up. position. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, while she's there, Caesar gets murdered. Oh, Ides of March. Yeah, by yeah. his supposed friends. Stab, stab, stab. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so they really stabbed the hell out of him. And just and, like to his face, like. <laughs> well, not initially. He's like trying to like bat them away. Right, like, right. There's and, two brute. And then. And but then they weren't everybody... even good at stabbing. That, I think that's what makes me the most angry about Caesar's death. Well, it'd be like if Obama went into Congress and all like 500 people yeah. had to stab him. That's true. So it's not like, I mean, they were I mean, just not, like, we're all in this together. All all of them did. I think it was only like 37. No, no, they all had to. Hmm? That was the rule. They all, no, yeah, but they didn't they all. Had, did they not? Yeah. Oh, all the conspirators. Oh, there yeah, we all go. the conspirators. Thank you. Not the entire Thank you very Senate. much. All right. Okay. And uh, all the conspirators did. That's what we were told from the audience. Very nice. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So, um, yeah. Right. So Cleopatra was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Uh, How'd that work out? Uh, it worked out really well. Oh, good. Yeah, she was able to escape very easily because okay. she left. She had another leather sack and uh, some goods. She actually had a ship oh, this okay. time, and it was it was favorable winds. Okay. So she was able to hightail it back to Alexandria pretty quickly. Is that how this thing ends? Her leaving? No, because we haven't even gotten to Mark Antony yet. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Is that the second half? That's the second half, basically. So I thought that she slept with Mark Antony first. No. He was, he was the sloppy seconds portion oh. of this of this situation. Yes. <laughs> and he was sloppy, by all accounts. Could not hold his liquor. Uh, but, but he was potent? Uh, he was very potent. She had three children by him. 
Wow. Uh, and so the reason that he came over to Egypt, because he lived in Egypt for most of the latter part of his life. So instead of uh, acknowledging her son Caesarian as his heir, Caesar named his nephew Octavian, who later became Caesar Augustus, who you remember right. from the Bible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what book are you speaking of? <laughs> in the Bible, Caesar Augustus decreed yeah. the tax. Right, right. Uh, that made Jesus happen. Right. Just Cliff's notes. Because that's how you make Jesus. You make Jesus with taxes. By taxing people. Ask any Republican. Exactly. That's how it's done. Uh, uh. So, he named Octavian his heir. Mark Antony was super pissed. Right. Because Mark Antony had spent all these years licking Caesar's boots thinking that he was going to be named his heir. Right. Uh, this is not what happened. Not- uh, and so there's this long period that we won't get into because it's very confusing and I don't remember right. all of their names. But right. there were several people kind of vying to be sort of like first citizen of Rome. Right. Uh, eventually it was decided there would be a triumvirate, uh, of which Octavian and Mark Antony were two. I forget the other guy might have been Dolabella. I don't remember. All right. I'll My look bro- it up. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not above it. Um, so anyway, so Mark Antony was named, uh, in charge of the East, which included Egypt. So he okay. went over there and Cleopatra had made some strategic missteps during this civil war. Okay. She had tried to send aid to the wrong guy. People uh, that she tried to send to Mark Antony, like, got uh, they actually mutinied and like went off to a different side. So okay. she had to then go meet him at Tarsus and explain why. Have you been to Tarsus? It fucking blows. Actually, it sounded pretty nice. It sounded nice. It sounded really nice. Palm trees. So she pulls dates. out all the stops. No leather sack this time. Right. She outfits this whole barge and basically dresses as Venus. Okay. Uh, because she's heard that Mark Antony claims to be descended uh, from Hercules. Okay. And likes to style himself after Dionysus. Right. So she's like... A little what, cosplay? Yeah. Little cosplay? Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. did it all the time. They were yeah. so nuts back then. Yeah. Like, Octavian was like, no, 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 Apollo's my, like, ancestor. He's like, he's totally, <laughs> like, my dad. Uh, so she's, like, floating down this barge, you know, full of, like, fragrant oils and, and sure. incense and things Money like that. No and she's like, hey, Dionysus, Venus is coming to play. Yeah, yeah. So then, <laughs> you know... They they hook up there. Sure. And um, then they go back to Alexandria and they kind of just partied for a really long time. Years? Years they partied. Okay. And uh Antony had a wife back in Rome. Right. Uh named Fulvia, which is a great name. It sounds good. Uh really great. She was actually pretty cool. Uh she was described by her contemporaries as a virago. Which means oh, yeah. she was a bitch. Chatty Magoo. Chatty, uh, chatty, but she Chatty actually, Magoo. She did a lot of uh, political schemery on behalf of Mark Antony. For uh, or against? For. Really? She thought. So, oh, she, oh, okay. But in the end, she overstepped her boundaries and was basically like going to war with Octavian Oops. on Antony's behalf. And so he had to go back to Rome at that point and be like, hey, Triage this isn't sitch. cool. Okay. So he and Octavian hated each other. Sure. Uh, they really hated each other, but then the they solution... They wanted the same spot on the chessboard. They did. But yeah. the solution to this problem was not to just kill each other. Uh, it was to have Antony marry Octavian's sister, Octavia. Again, all through history, people just give their kids the same names. What is that about? I don't understand this. <laughs> well, and uh, he had a wife, Mark. Mark Antony? Yeah. Fulvia. But right. he divorced her. People could get divorced very easily in Rome. Oh, okay. You could just be like, hey, we're divorced now. And that was pretty much it. Oh, that's nice. There wasn't any stigma either. I mean, it, marriage was very much not a romantic situation. It was considered uncouth to fall in love with your spouse. 
Right. Um, you were busy falling in love with the pool boy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Here's I nice... mean, or, you know, anyone really. As yeah. long as they weren't your spouse. Like, That's go it. for it. <laughs> uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Anyway, so. Uh, yeah, so he went back and married Octavia. Yeah. And she was like the Roman ideal. She was very submissive. She actually raised all of Mark Antony's children that were not hers. Uh, which the is best stepmother in the yeah, world. Yeah, she was, uh, she was a good woman apparently. Kind of right. dull, but very beautiful. <laughs> well, class. More beautiful than Cleopatra at the time is what she was considered. Really? Yeah, Cleopatra has a reputation for being very beautiful. Yes. And the consensus seems to be that she was definitely a magnetic personality. This is also true of Madame de Stahl. Yeah. Uh, that they weren't necessarily conventionally beautiful. Okay. But people were very attracted to them. Right, because they had great personalities. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is, you well, know. And they were good at sex. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, the thing is, is there's like, there's like that mesmerizing eyeball stare that some ladies can do, well, whether they're good looking or not. Guys have it too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan Gosling, hello. Uh, it, I don't know. You which know? one's he? Which one's he? Oh, he's that one. He's, well, he's the hot one. The oh, <laughs> a, hot, a hot guy who's in a movie? Yeah. He's Jim. Been, he's actually been in several movies. I know, but I don't know which, uh, Drive. Nope. Uh, The Notebook? Nope. Uh, was he in The Nelson? Adventures? No, okay. he was not in. Robert Downey Jr. has it. Monsters Inc. Monsters. He was in Young Hercules? <laughs> the TV show? Firefly? Oh my god. Oh, was he? <laughs> was, uh, who was Netflix? in that thing? Here I come. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How old was he though? Age appropriate. Like of age or? He was probably 22 or 24. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. All right. I just didn't want to sound too creepy. Right, right. You wanted to creep out on... Well, right, just like the right, the right amount of Wait, creepy. who was in the thing with Steve Carell? <laughs> and, and the... Uh, that was Ryan Gosling, the one who dressed really well. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What was that? Like Love Actually 2 or something? It was... It was... It was How to Be a Tool Bag. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was nice. Yeah, I, I, I like that movie. It made me never want to wear sneakers again. And to bring it up a notch, I have not. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, no, cause remember he said, Don't, you're better than the gap? I didn't see you that. You didn't see that no. one? No. He was very handsome in that one. I believe it. He's he handsome in everything. I think he took off his shirt and what's her face again? Oh, right, uh, Emma Stone was in that and they had that sex scene. And they had that scene where she was like, what, are you airbrushed? Yeah. How did you? Uh, that was in the yeah. commercials. I remember that part. Yeah, yeah, that part. Sure. I don't go to the movies anymore. I just see trailers. And I'm like, I should go see that. And then in my mind, I have seen well, the movie. you saw Drive and the Notebook and some other damn thing. I never saw the Notebook. Oh, no? No, I did see Drive. Okay. Might have been the last movie cars? I saw in the theaters. Uh, it's about a guy who drives cars. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. it I know. Like it's, great kind of a, it's kind of a curveball title. Uh-huh. So people should read these books is what you're saying. People should absolutely read these books. These are three great, very readable, you know. They're very readable. Okay, so they're uh, not Even too the dense. one about Madame de Stahl. It I seems always, a little dense. But it is a little dense, but it's actually, it was written in the 50s. Okay. And it actually reads like it was written today, which is crazy. Okay, Cleopatra, A Life, Stacey Schiff, uh, Mistress to an Age by J. Christopher Harold, and uh, Susan Quinn writes, uh, How the WPA cast of thousands made high art, desperate times. Furious improvisation. And, uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, the, uh. That's a bad title. But it was, I mean, the thing is, is we could do another hour on three different, uh, biographies you've read, probably. Probably. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, Kelly Anakin, I'd like to thank you for being on the door. I'd like to thank you for having me on the door for us. Nice work. 
And I'd like to thank you guys for coming out to see the Dark Forest live in San Francisco. Uh, everyone gets a magnet or a spooky, uh, spooky reading girl sticker. So stick around. Thanks a lot, you guys. Good night. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?